0: Hi. hi
1: Really happy to be here. My name is David Ebenbach, and I'm the author of eight books of fiction, poetry, and nonfiction, including my new book, How to Mars, a novel about a sort of absurd mission to Mars.
0: This is the continuing episode of a series with David Harris Ebenbach, How to Mars. The series kicked off on episode 171.
1: Okay, tell us about the characters. One of the big questions about this book is who would go, you know, who would be willing to leave everything behind. And that's where this book really took and off for me. And not have sex, fact, right? And not have that's sex, pretty right? <laughs> it, it, you never come back and you don't get to have sex and you don't even know who you're going with. Um and so that, to me, calls up particular kinds of characters. Um, and in fact, one of the, the opening chapter was published as a short story by the Kenyan Review, and the editors there really helped me think about the motivations of the characters. There's a lot of humor in the book, but I hope there's a lot of pathos, too, because in many cases what's driven these folks to leave Earth forever is that there's something bad that's happened in their life on Earth, and they're trying to get away from it. One of the main characters, Josh... His fiancée died in a car crash. One of the other main characters, Jenny, her sister had bipolar disorder, took her own life, and so on, that folks are really trying to get away from things and and start in this place where none of that exists. But one of the questions of the book is, can you actually leave yourself behind? Even if you go millions of kilometers away, you're still there right? You bring yourself with you. Uh, And you discover, in fact, even maybe more about who you are. There's also an engineer named Stefan on the mission who thinks he's going because he wants to spread civilization. But he's actually, he discovers he's going because he really doesn't enjoy people and he's glad to get away from them. (laughs) But it turns out there's still five other people on this new planet and he's got to learn how to deal with them. And uh, yeah, At one point, he gets a little testy and breaks someone's fingers. So, you know, he's a source of some tension in the book. Yeah. So, they're characters who, for a reason or another, were willing to make an almost unbelievable decision.
0: I'm picturing flawed characters. We're going to be learning about some interesting flaws, I think, from this uh, story. I think so.
1: I hope so. All right. Well, hey, would you like to do a reading? I'd be happy to, and in fact, I think I've cued it up pretty well because I think I'm going to read about that finger-breaking incident. Mm. This is early in their time on Mars. It's a flashback to early in their time, and it's a a chapter from the point of view of Stefan, the engineer. Ultimately, when the incident occurred, there had been no forethought at all. It arose almost naturally out of the red-orange debates. In the early week they discovered disagreement among them as to whether Mars was as reputation had held a red planet red dust red rocks etc or whether it was actually orange to Stefan, it was obvious. They had already tracked orange dust all over their white floors, so the evidence was all about. But some of the people looking straight at it insisted that the color was red. They debated about it over meals, and while at first the argument had been friendly enough, eventually people became incredulous at one another, and voices were raised. "'Have you been tested for colorblindness, you mug?' Trixie said, wagging an olive loaf sandwich at Josh. It was lunchtime. "'Have you?' Nicole said." This is bizarre. Jenny threw, and you don't have an argument. Spect- check the spectrophotometer again. Roger shrugged. The songs will work better if we go with red. Songs about Mars. You can't even rhyme anything with orange. And that's when Stefan reached over. He wasn't even that cross. Well, well he was a bit cross. But it was more that he had thought to himself, right in this moment, I could reach over there and grab one of his fingers. And so he did grabbing hold of the middle finger of Roger's left hand and twisting it sharply. There was a feeling of snapping and a yowl from Roger and a surge of pleasure in Stefan's chest. And then before Roger could even recoil, Stefan grabbed the ring finger on that hand with the same results. And then he sat back again in his chair. He was actually rather stunned. His body buzzed. The entire event had taken less than three seconds. Subsequently, there was a certain amount of chaos. Roger's yowl went on well past the three seconds, and people started leaping up from their chairs uselessly. Their eyes bounced like ping-pong balls between the injured and the injurer, trying to make sense out of things. Trixie was the most on task, rounding the table to test Roger's fingers and provoke more yowling. They're broken, she said, her voice broad with Australian vowels and wonder. I know, Stefan said. His voice was full of wonder, too. Of course, they had to convene a group meeting in the common room once the fingers were splinted and Roger had been given some pain meds. He sat on the opposite side of the circle from Stefan, well, approximately a circle, staring at him warily. So, Josh said to Stefan, In role as the team psychologist now, he was sitting on the edge of his chaise long, leaning forward, his hands clasped between his knees, his blue eyes attempting to be soothing. There was something quite odd about the somber tone of this gathering in counterpoint with most people sitting on chaise longs. What happened there, Stefan? Stefan considered that for a moment. He wasn't sure what he was feeling in the aftermath. That hadn't become clear yet. Well, I wasn't keen on what Roger was saying, he started, and it occurred to me that I could do that instead of listening to him say more things. It occurred to you, Josh said. Yes. And then you did it. Yes, Stefan said. That's what happened. There was a pause. Then Trixie half-whispered to Nicole, has he gone crackers? Crackers, Roger said quietly, almost to himself. Josh spoke again, his eyes steady on Stefan. So, you know you can't do that, he said. The rest of the room nodded. Too right, Trixie said. But what exactly does that mean, Stefan said. I don't know if I want to do that again, but I could do it again. Stefan, Josh began. Here, give me one of your fingers, Stefan said, holding his hand out. I'll show you. Nicole stood up abruptly and Stefan retracted his hand. He has gone crackers, Trixie said. Crackers, Roger stage whispered. I'm not going to give you one of my fingers, Josh said. Still on your hand, I meant. Right, still no. Josh cleared his throat. What I think I'm trying to say is that you're not allowed to do that kind of thing. Not allowed by whom, Stefan said glancing uneasily at Nicole, who was settling back down on her chaise long, her eyes locked onto him. At this, Josh looked around the group. They nodded at him. Go on, their nods seemed to say. Not allowed by us, he finally said. By this group. Stefan sat back in his chaise as though about to start sun tanning. This was the first law ever on the planet of Mars. You cannot break the fingers of other people. Josh, Josh looked back around at everyone again. I think he said, almost as though he could hear Stefan's inner workings, that maybe we need to establish some ground rules here. I think that's an excellent idea, Nicole said with some intensity. What rules exactly, Jenny said. Trixie tapped away on her tablet and then held it up for the group to see. We could look at some classics, she said, for inspiration. I've pulled up the Ten Commandments. I'm not sure if religion's going to help things, Jenny said. Thou shalt not, Roger said quietly. Only Stefan seemed to be aware of the humor in these commandments being displayed on a tablet. Hammurabi's code, Trixie suggested, tapping away some more. Rules, Roger said at length. The pain meds were really settling in. I'd like to make an observation, Nicole said. She sat like a military person. She always sat like that, no matter how relaxing the chair, the tight buzz cut added to the effect. We haven't talked about enforcement. Enforcement, Josh said. Nicole nodded crisply. It's one thing to say that people can't do certain things, and it's another to make sure they don't. Stefan felt his heart going. Because that's what Stefan was saying earlier, she said, indicating him, it doesn't mean anything to say something's illegal unless you also have an enforcement plan. What does that mean practically, Jenny said? It means two things, Nicole said, and then she counted them off on her fingers, unbroken, of course. It means figuring out what happens when people violate the rules, and it means figuring out who makes those consequences happen. I think we all have to all be in charge, Jenny said. General agreement ensued. Okay, Nicole said, we all enforce the rules. That means we have to come together to do that. But what happens when the rules get broken? Well, Trixie said, shrugging, punishment, I reckon. Stefan was definitely feeling alert at this point, but it wasn't precisely fear. Wait, he said, just as Nicole was opening her mouth, clearly about to ask for specific punishment ideas. There's an alternative to this. An alternative, Trixie asked? Sure, Stefan said, we could just do what we want. We could do what we want, Jenny said. Right, we could not make rules. We could all be allowed to do what we want. Trixie blinked, but I'm pretty confident I don't want you to do what you want, mate. Stefan shrugged. Then you could stop me on an ad hoc basis. That would be you doing what you want in response to me trying to do what I want. And if you're able to stop it, then it doesn't happen. If you're not able, it does happen. So, chaos, Josh said. Over his shoulder, there was a camera in the wall passively filming this whole thing. No, Stefan said, anarchy. It's a political philosophy, he added, speculatively. I don't think that what you're describing meets the definition of true anarchy, Jenny said, raising one eyebrow. I don't think so either, Josh said. Sure it does, Stefan said. In any case, listen to me. The point is that we're on our own out here. We could be perfectly free. Stefan spent the next 24 hours locked in the rocket that had brought them to Mars.
0: All right, nice. Yeah. Thank uh, you. It's a nice little slice of life to people having a political discussion on Mars. There we are. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: You know, social dynamics are not going to just stay here on Earth if we go to Mars. Right, right, right they are going to go right with us.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's no, not a political discussion. That's a social contract discussion. That's what's probably a little bit closer. Huh. Wow. You know, that's that's going to go some, through some interesting places there. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you with the headphones on who are listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts. You've been listening to the show for a while. You must be enjoying it because you keep coming back. Well, hey, help me out. Tell your friends, your family, other people who would like to listen to Sci-Fi Thoughts. Give me a hand. Help me grow the show. So go ahead and right now just send a text message, write an email, turn around and talk to the person next to you and tell them about Sci-Fi Thoughts. They can find us via Google or they could type in Sci-Fi thoughts.space. Remember, we've got some good things to tap on in the podcast show notes. If you open up your podcast player, you will see text there that you can tap on that will take you to links that are related to things we talked about in the show. How cool is that? Well, hey, if you're listening on your laptop and you downloaded this from a website, go back to the website where you downloaded the MP3 and that will show you the show notes as well. Next episode, more David Harris, Ebenbach. Would you call this hard science fiction, or is this uh, mostly humanist and
1: kind of avoid the science? I think it is mostly a sort of human-centered, character-centered science fiction. But as I say, you know, in order to make this feel real, there has to be some attention to some of the scientific elements. And in fact, I did find it interesting to think about how do you deal with some of the obstacles that would be involved.